0: On this episode of Jeff Does Vegas.
1: When I founded the website, I had no idea how many disabled people, one, were out in the world, and two, how many of those people wanted to travel. As I built the website out, I was shocked at the number of people that were reaching out and asking for more information. And so it's really something that uh, was a surprise to me, but I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to connect Members of the disability community to the world. Las
0: Vegas. It's more than just a city, it's a feeling. It's that feeling of excitement when you spot the lights of the strip out the airplane window. It's that feeling of awe as you stroll down the boulevard, taking in the sights and sounds. And it's that feeling of satisfaction. Knowing that you're in the greatest city in the world. Over 42 million people from around the world share that feeling every year. And I'm one of them. Taking you to the world famous Vegas Strip and beyond, my name is Jeff. And this is Jeff Does Vegas. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 139 of Jeff Does Vegas. Before we get into this episode of the podcast, I just want to thank everyone for checking out the last episode of the show, another world-famous Jeff Does Vegas trip report, featuring reviews of mine and my wife's latest trip to Vegas, including our stay at the Paris Hotel, our meals at Yellowtail in the Bellagio and the Steakhouse at Circus Circus, our visit to the Mob Museum, and much more. If you haven't listened as of yet, jump into the archives at JeffDoesVegas.com or search out episode number 138, The December Trip Report. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know that just under 2% of the world's population uses a wheelchair and nearly 20% have a disability that limits one or more activities of daily living? If you were to apply that math to Las Vegas, that would mean roughly 840,000 wheelchair users and almost eight and a half million people with different levels of accessibility requirements travel to Vegas every single year. I'm active in numerous Las Vegas related Facebook groups, and I often see questions posed by people who are apprehensive about visiting the city due to their perception that Vegas isn't very wheelchair friendly. I wanted to be able to break that perception, so I reached out to an expert on the subject of accessible travel. John Morris is the founder and creator of wheelchairtravel.org, a website where he shares his own personal experiences of traveling as a wheelchair user. And like me, John is also a frequent Vegas visitor. We discussed accessible hotels in Las Vegas, the challenges of navigating the Vegas Strip in a wheelchair, and the best and most accessible ways to get around the city. We also went in-depth on the subject of air travel as a wheelchair user. Please enjoy my conversation with John Morris.
1: I had a car accident in 2012, and and prior to that, I was a global traveler. I jetted off on the weekends to faraway destinations and Loved that aspect of my life and identity. Um, but I had a car accident, and that really changed the calculus. I was told, um, as I laid in a hospital bed, that I would probably not travel again. And that wasn't something that I was willing to accept. And so I started looking into how to make accessible travel possible for myself And uh, there weren't a whole lot of resources out there. And as I began traveling, I realized that there was an opportunity to share the insights that I was gaining with a larger population. Um, When I founded the website, I had no idea how many disabled people, one, were out in the world, and two, how many of those people wanted to travel. Um, The CDC here in the United States says that Uh, Up to 25% of Americans have one or more disabilities. And as I built the website out, I was shocked at the number of people that were reaching out and asking for more information and information on uh, destinations that I hadn't covered yet. Um, And so it's really something that uh, was a surprise to me, Um, but I'm thrilled about it. I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to connect Members of the disability community to the world
0: it's incredible when you can take something like that that that, as you say seems so so tragic and so negative and turn around and and spin it into a positive not just for yourself but for other people as well.
1: Uh, it has been a blessing um, that's really I think the best way to describe it. Um, I'm thrilled with the opportunity to travel um, as frequently as I do um but I'm also excited when uh, my readers write to me and say, Hey, I used your information to explore this new destination, or even better, I've been to a place that you haven't been to. And I'd like to share some insights from my own trip. Um, I'm really trying to build a community uh, around empowering disabled people to, to explore.
0: And how long ago did you build the website?
1: I founded it at the end of 2014. Uh, My car accident was in 2012. Um, took me a little while to recover and get out there and then uh, dream up the vision for the website. Um, But now it's got very detailed information um, in the form of accessible travel guides to more than 50 cities around the world. And um, I've got quite a backlog of content that I still need to publish, uh, for destinations beyond those.
0: It's always fun when you have that backlog of content, isn't it?
1: <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you know, it's great to have it all ready to go back there, but, uh, it definitely is a lot of work.
0: John, I wanted to get you on the podcast to have a conversation about accessible travel, specifically as it relates to Las Vegas, but accessible travel in general. And I think a good place to start is air travel. Every journey to Vegas, pretty much every journey to Vegas starts at the airport. So let's talk a little bit about that. How are airlines doing when it comes to dealing with disabled travelers?
1: Well, I think the short of it is that they're doing poorly. Um, You know, it's sad to say I'm an aviation geek. I love to fly, Um, but I'm very much an outsider in the disability community in that despite all the challenges, I still love to fly. Um, There are um, a significant range of challenges that that travelers are facing um, when they arrive at the airport. Um, everything from wheelchair assistance not being available, missed connections due to the lack of that assistance, uh, delays in getting on and off the aircraft. uh, And then something that I'm pretty familiar with is uh, damage to personal mobility devices. Uh, in, In 2022, my power wheelchair was destroyed twice. So Um, that obviously is, a a very significant issue that, that needs more attention on the part of air carriers, um, so that, you know, disabled folks can have a stress-free journey. Um, that's, that's the goal I think, um, that really needs to be accomplished.
0: What do you think airlines could be doing better?
1: Well, I think one of the challenges that we're seeing right now, um, has a lot to do with staffing in this post pandemic period. Uh, we know that uh, demand for air transportation, uh, particularly domestic air transportation, um, rebounded a lot more quickly than I think airlines uh, imagined. And uh, there are definitely staffing issues, uh, uh, limited, limited staff unable to, to rise to meet the demand uh, for assistance that disabled travelers have. Um, Obviously, safe handling of mobility equipment is really crucial. Um, That's a win-win situation if that problem can be solved. Um, It reduces the liability on air carriers and prevents major life disruptions for disabled people who rely on wheelchairs and other forms of mobility equipment for their independence. Um, And I think a long-term goal uh, that I hope will be more shorter term is uh, finding a way to get a wheelchair space on the aircraft. Um, You know, I can take my wheelchair on a city bus, on a train, in a taxi. And I think that that same possibility uh, should exist within the uh, air travel realm.
0: You mentioned that you've traveled and you've flown all over the world. How are U.S. carriers doing compared to other airlines elsewhere in the world? Do you find they're better or are they worse?
1: Well, I I think it depends on the day, to be honest. Um, Any any airport around the world can have a bad day. Um, Any airline can fail a customer. Um, There is one advantage that I think um, U.S. air travelers have. Um, over their international counterparts, and that's the fact that U.S. carriers, by virtue of our laws and regulations here in the USA, um, are responsible for the entirety of the assistance journey. And so uh, the buck really stops uh, with the carrier you fly, um, rather than the airport authority or any number of contractors as is the case in Europe and around the world. Um, I think it's really important for disabled travelers to be able to point the finger at the person or the the company that is responsible for their negative experience. And that hopefully makes it easier to remediate the issues.
0: If someone is a first-time traveler... Um, flying with a wheelchair, traveling as a a disabled passenger, or maybe they're uh, an infrequent traveler. They haven't traveled uh, in in quite some time. Um, What can a person do to alleviate some of the stress involved with that, that whole travel situation?
1: Well, I think back to my very first flight as a wheelchair user and um i had questions that i think most travelers aren't asking you know i mentioned before i'm an aviation geek i love airplanes um i read books about them i know a lot more than the average joe um and one of the questions that i had very early on is well what are the actual dimensions of the cargo hold you know i have this really big power wheelchair how am i going to fit that on the airplane Um, and so, you know, I researched what the, what the dimensions were and realized that I would need to make some modifications to my wheelchair so that I could ensure it would fit inside. Um, that's a question that most people are not asking. And so I think that, you know, one of the real keys is notifying the airline, um, as far in advance as possible of all the types of assistance you'll need Um, if you're bringing a power wheelchair like mine share the dimensions of it make sure that it will fit on the aircraft so that you won't have any issues um, either with being able to fly at all or uh, with potential damage to your mobility device Um, and ensuring that obviously uh, you 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 turn up at the airport in time uh, to avail yourself of all the assistance services um, that are available. Um, things can go wrong; things get delayed. Um, I've documented that very well over the years. Um, but the key is making sure that you have a buffer of time um, to 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 account for any delays that may occur uh, throughout the process.
0: Let's talk Vegas. One of my favorite – well, it is my favorite city in the world, favorite (laughs) enough that I do a podcast about it.
1: (laughs) Well, if you didn't say it was your favorite, I'd tell you you need to change the name of this podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How often do you hit up Las Vegas?
1: Uh, Three to four times a year, uh, sometimes more. Uh, I remember during the pandemic time, uh, I stayed there a couple times for a month at a time, or, or nearly a month anyway. Um, using up uh, as many comps as I could and, uh, enjoying, um, yeah, the, the Vegas Sands crowds. It was wonderful.
0: Basically having the place to yourself. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, tell me about your first trip to Las Vegas. I, I always love to hear about people's first trips and see exactly what it was that, that made them fall in love with the city.
1: Well, I should preface this with the fact that my family, when I was a kid, went every year to Vegas. So I have had experience in Vegas uh, for the vast majority of my life. Um, my first trip as as an adult actually occurred after my car accident. Um, I was uh, already on the West Coast for a college football game and decided to stop by Vegas uh, after the fact, I stayed at the Cosmopolitan, uh, absolutely loved it. Um, need to give it a second look now that it's part of MGM. Um, that will be interesting to see how that uh, that comes together. Um, but I really had a wonderful time. Saw, um, I think, uh, Ka that time. That was in 2014. Um so you know ever since then I've been going multiple times a year and I think you know I've started I I I've found a a method to the madness I think um I've found casinos that I like to play in um and I'm pretty much a a a homebody within a casino environment unless I have friends in town and uh then that opens up a lot more opportunities
0: my wife and I stayed at the Cosmopolitan for the very first time last year. It was December 2021. And that hotel has wrecked us for every other hotel we've ever stayed at in Vegas. It, we treated ourselves. We hadn't been in two years through pandemic and, and and everything. So when we walked into the room and saw the terrace and the big Japanese tub and the, all these things, we just went Every other hotel we're going to stay at is trash compared to this place now.
1: <laughs> we have arrived. <laughs>
0: exactly. Uh, what is it that keeps you going back to Vegas? This is a question that, that I get asked all the time, and I, I don't really have a, a definitive answer for it. But is it the, the gambling? Is it the food? Is it the people watching? Is it the, the sights? Is, what is it that keeps you going back
1: well it it's it's very much all of the above, but I also have fallen in love with with gambling. Um not in the sense that I don't consider myself a, a degenerate gambler. I play within my means and, and have a good time. Um but I think one of my real joys, I'm a huge points and miles guy, and I love playing the game in Vegas. Of attempting to squeeze as much as I can out of the casino, um it is an absolute joy for me, and uh you know, obviously, you know everything else you mention uh some of the some of the best food in the nation, um incredible shows um and then the people as well. Uh, i met so many people in Vegas through Vegas on Vegas chat rooms and, uh, forums. Um, I, I just, I love everything about it.
0: Just, uh, going off on a bit of a, a tangent here, John, talking about, um, being a points guy and, and trying to squeeze as much as you can out of the, the hotels and the casinos, something that a lot of people have talked about. And I've only sort of noticed this just because I've only started getting back to Vegas in the last while have you noticed that there seems to be like a real devaluation in the tier rewards programs at the different hotels? It used to be like they were handing stuff out left, right and center. And now they've almost sort of flipped the switch and said, we don't want to give you the free things anymore.
1: Definitely. I think that, uh, my offers have, uh um been curtailed a little bit i'm not getting as much as i was uh during the pandemic um and maybe i think 2022 uh was worse than 2021 um definitely you know the demand is there uh for travelers going to vegas it's back and so i totally understand why um uh, casino marketing departments are are tightening things up a little bit. They don't have to be as generous as they were.
0: After the break, John and I take a deep dive into Las Vegas as an accessible city, specifically hotels and casinos, transportation, attractions, and more. That's next on Jeff Does Vegas. Let's talk about Las Vegas and accessibility. I know in reading your blog, you have said that you think Las Vegas is a a great city for wheelchair users and is relatively accessible and is doing a pretty good job of making itself accessible to people with mobility issues. From what I've seen in various Facebook groups that I'm a part of, Some people have a little bit of apprehension about traveling to Las Vegas. If they've got mobility issues, the city perhaps has this perception of not being all that wheelchair friendly or all that accessible. Let's start with public transportation. I know that this is something a lot of people rely on when they go to Las Vegas in order to make their way around the city. How is Vegas doing when it comes to things like transit, cabs, rideshare, any sort of public transport?
1: Well, I think public transport itself, the city bus, is fine enough. Um, there are certain times, obviously, I'd like to see greater frequency um, because, you know, the, the the number of options that are available uh, to disabled travelers, particularly those of us who use these really heavy power wheelchairs that can't be tossed in the, the trunk of a, a, a standard taxi cab, um, uh, frequency is really important. Um and so uh, I think that maybe is one of the challenges um, that, that I see in the system. Um, obviously, things like Rideshare, Uber, and Lyft uh, don't have an accessible option in Las Vegas. Um, that's something that I definitely like the, to see the the city and local government work on. Um, other cities have done it, uh, LA, San Francisco, my home city here of Boston, has wheelchair-accessible Uber and lifts that are actually pretty reliable. Um, I think that could be a real game-changer uh, for Las Vegas. But, um, you know, if you're coming to Vegas to be a tourist and you're going staying on the strip um, and you use a wheelchair, I don't think you're going to have any problem uh, finding accessible transportation, whether you want to uh, take a more budget approach with the city buses um, or if you'd like to, to, to hail a taxi cab, um, uh, desert cab and, and some of the other operators out there, um, do have uh wheelchair accessible vans with, with ramps and securement spaces for wheelchairs. And, uh, I, I use those a lot when I'm in Vegas.
0: I am genuinely baffled by the fact that, um, in a city like Las Vegas, that is so heavily geared towards tourists, that there wouldn't be options for accessible rideshare like Uber and Lyft.
1: Well, I think you know generally what it comes down to is um, a lack of action on the part of local governments. Uh, um, the cities that do have uh, Uber and Lyft uh, that, that with the the wheelchair accessible option um their their local governments city uh, city governments have um really mandated that in, into force and so um i'd love to see um a little bit of uh more of a, a bold approach on the part of uh the mayor and uh city city council members there um but you know at this point it, it doesn't exist so um have to rely on on an alternative mode of transportation.
0: It just seems to me like they are missing out on a huge segment of the population that travels to Las Vegas.
1: Um, absolutely. I think um you know, I think I think one of the one of the conversations that I have a lot around accessibility is people say, well, um you know, no one no one uses no one requests accessibility, no one uses it. Um, and, uh, I, I think one of the challenges is in order to get disabled people out of their homes and active in our communities and in society, um, we have to create environments that are accessible to them. Um, so you, you really do have to put the cart, um, before the horse. We've got to, we've got to get, uh, the wheelchair taxi, um, before we can get the passenger to ride in it.
0: I was going to say, it's almost kind of like a, a chicken and egg situation and that you've got to have. You've got to have one before you have the other in order to make it work. Definitely. I know that one of the more popular things to do in Las Vegas, and I certainly enjoy doing this, is just hanging out along the Vegas Strip, just wandering up and down, taking in the sights and sounds, doing some people watching, strolling in and out of casinos, things like that. But to the casual observer, based on the pedestrian overpasses and the lack of street level pedestrian crossings. It seems like that might not be the easiest thing to do for somebody who is in a wheelchair or has mobility issues. How easy or difficult is it to get around in that manner?
1: Well, the goal, I think, is to ensure that every elevator is functioning. Um, And there's not been a, a trip to Vegas that I've ever had where, I didn't encounter at least one elevator that that was broken. And, you know, given the network of these pedestrian overpasses, um, having one elevator out can cause a diversion that really may take you a mile through another casino or uh, around an entire block. Um, And so that's obviously a real challenge, um, especially for someone like me who has... Uh, limited battery capacity in his wheelchair. Um, I can have all the personal energy in the world, but um, when my battery runs out in the wheelchair, I'm stuck. So um, that is the greatest concern is the upkeep um, of the elevators to those those um, elevated uh, crosswalks um, and the long distances. Uh, you know, even when everything is is working out, Um, When you, you know, all of the elevators are functioning, um, no other issues uh, to encounter. Um, The Strip is a big place. Um, The distances are incredible. Um, The bridge connections in the city uh, are nice. The monorail is a benefit. Um, But no matter where you want to go, it's a hike, even within your own hotel. Um, To get down to the casino, to the lobby. Um, and I think that that really is the biggest barrier to access there, in that it's a pedestrian friendly city in a sense, but um, maybe not so friendly for people um, who are relying on mobility devices or or um, just in general have a difficult time walking longer distances.
0: thinking about it in my head, the routes that I take when I go from point A to point B when I'm making my way around Las Vegas and along the Strip, there's a lot of stairs, there's a lot of steps, there's escalators, things like that. For yourself or any other person with mobility issues or wheelchair users, I, I never even would have thought about the detours that a person would have to take to avoid those spots and the distance that you could be traveling in order to find the most accessible route
1: yeah it's uh it's really tough you have to you have to adjust uh when you encounter an elevator that's broken um or uh, obviously there's a lot of construction going on in vegas right now um that's something that that folks have to contend with as well uh sidewalk closures and the like and uh plotting a new course um can can really be an endeavor sometimes
0: tell me about the accessibility as it pertains to hotels and casinos in Las Vegas. I know you mentioned that you're a bit of a homebody when it comes to your hotel and your your home casino uh, when you travel to Vegas. Are they doing all right? Are there any hotels or casinos that are better than others?
1: Well, I think I'd probably separate out the casino experience itself from the actual hotel accommodation side of things. Um, but there are definitely some hotels that are that are doing really well on access, some that could be doing better. Um, a couple of my favorite places to stay are are fairly good on accessibility. I, I love the win and encore um uh, uh property. I also love Caesars Palace and uh, uh interestingly enough, uh, on the other end of the strip, I love the Delano. Um that's uh that's a great all suite hotel that um i think uh provides uh some outsized value to guests that that they might not expect um but there are a lot of things that go into uh the accessibility of a hotel room everything from um you know grab bars a, a seat in the shower um space to maneuver a wheelchair um uh, but something that i hear about actually very frequently um is uh, bed height. Uh, there is a, a definite movement across the hospitality um, world to increase the height of beds. And uh, and many wheelchair users uh, really need a lower height bed. And uh, so one of the hotels that I really recommend to folks is Hera's. Um They have the lowest uh, bed height um, in their accessible rooms uh, in the entirety of the Vegas Strip and uh everything else uh in the room accessibility wise is is pretty up to par as well
0: and when it comes to the casinos themselves then how are they doing is there anything that they could be doing better uh to make themselves a little bit more accessible
1: well the casinos themselves um that's where all the fun is um that's where people really want to spend a lot of time and um, you know, I think one of the one of the things that I hear from my readers is one of the biggest challenges is just accessibility, uh, you know, really hasn't been incorporated into um, things like table games. Uh, I love to play table games. I, I like to play Baccarat and Craps um, in particular. And, uh, you know, if you're sitting down in a wheelchair trying to roll up to the Craps table, you'll notice that it's designed for people for players who are standing, and uh, I think that uh, that that presents a big challenge. Um, will casinos, you know, agree to lower a craps table? Um, probably not. Though you know, it might you know be a good idea to look into to offering a, a height adjustable feature on one of those. Um, I think something that we've started to see um, in terms of of making table games more accessible um is things like stadium games uh where um there are uh, individual terminals for placing bets whether the dealers are live or not um uh, games like bubble craps uh present um uh you know a potentially inaccessible game in a more accessible manner um and uh you know i think i, I think you know obviously all of these are are challenges that that can be overcome with a little thought it's just a matter of um, whether or not the casinos will be bold enough to to uh you know incorporate accessibility in into future designs
0: how about things like shows and attractions are there any that you found to be particularly accessible or wheelchair friendly
1: well um You know, I, I love when I'm in Vegas, I love going to shows. And so that's, uh, that's something that I do, um, pretty, pretty frequently. Um, uh, I think a a couple of, uh, venues that have really stood out to me, um, would be the, I think it's recently been renamed the Dolby Theater at, at Park MGM. And, uh, uh, Bally's uh, has a great uh, great event space as well, or um, Horseshoe now, I guess. Um, MGM Grand, uh, like you said, Ca. Um, that's a that's a great experience. Um, you know, I think with shows in Vegas, I, I've not really had a bad experience yet. Um, generally, the ADA accessible seating options are available across all of the price levels in the. Uh, in the theater and uh there are actually many seats that that uh, you know are pretty good even within those sections um uh something that that I think about I, I met up this, this show is gone now but um I met up with a friend and we went to see Jubilee at, at the at the old ballets and actually had floor seats directly in front of the stage which um in a lot of uh in a lot of venues is 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 not uh, not possible um, so it was great to, great to have that, um, close to the stage access, uh, where I could just roll my wheelchair right up to, to one of the tables, uh, enjoy the show, uh, with my friends. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that, that that's really, uh, a, a great example. Um, obviously there are some, uh, a, a lot of other cool, uh, attractions in Vegas. I, I one time went on the, uh, the slingshot ride at the top of the stratosphere, um, they actually uh, made some adjustments to allow me to get my wheelchair up to the ride, and I could transfer into it and and have a little bit of a thrill so um you know there, I, I I think that um, uh, there there's a lot more that's accessible than people imagine uh, you know, down at the Fremont street experience I've ridden the the zip line down there. Um, or the Zoom line, as they call it. Um, yeah, so many things to do um, that, that, that really are more accessible than people might imagine.
0: Excellent. John, if uh, people want to find you online, of course, there is the website, wheelchairtravel.org. Um, you are also on social media, correct?
1: Yeah, Facebook and Instagram, I'm wheelchairtravel. And uh, on Twitter, I'm WCTravelOrg because there's a character limit.
0: And you mentioned earlier, John, that if people have questions for you or ideas for new content or want to share their own stories with you, they can reach out to you, uh, assuming they can do that through social media.
1: Yep. Through the social media. I uh, also uh, give out uh, my email address, mailbag at wheelchairtravel.org. I love hearing from readers and, and helping people unlock those opportunities, whether it's in Vegas or, or other cities around the world.
0: Excellent. John, thank you so much for taking time to to come on and have a conversation about this. I really appreciate it. And if your tips and tricks can help just one more person get to Las Vegas, I feel like we've done our job, my friend.
1: Well, I'm happy to hear it and uh, wish everyone best of luck in Vegas.
0: And that wraps up another episode of Jeff Does Vegas. If you've got feedback on this episode of the show, or any other episode for that matter, or you've got suggestions and ideas for topics you'd like me to cover on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to me via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at JeffDoesVegas. Or drop me an email directly at jeff at jeffdoesvegas.com. In the meantime, thank you so much for checking out the show. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know the moment new episodes are available. And don't forget to visit JeffDoesVegas.com for past episodes and show notes. My name is Jeff, and this has been Jeff Does Vegas, a Walker New Media production.